going to be reading this morning from the Word of God from the first book of Samuel and the 14th chapter. If you don't have your Bibles here today, the words will come up on the screen and you'll be able to follow along with the reading of the God's Word. But we're going to read from 1 Samuel chapter 14. I'm going to read a couple of verses and then skip down to a few more. And we're going to look at what the Lord would have us to hear today. I'm so thankful for the fact that we're going to have more baptisms today. Can we give God praise for those that are being baptized in the precious name of Jesus? No other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. Amen. 1 Samuel chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass on a day that Jonathan, the son of Saul, said unto the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over to the Philistines' garrison that is on the other side. But he told not his father. His father was the king, and King Saul tarried in the uttermost part of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree, which is in Migron. And the people that were with him were about 600 men. Verse 4. And between the passages by which Jonathan sought to go over unto the Philistines' garrison, there was a sharp rock on the one side and a sharp rock on the other side. And the name of the one was Bozez, and the name of the other, Sinai. The forefront of the one was situate northward over against Mishmash, and the other southward over against Gibeah. And Jonathan said to the young man that bare his armor, Come and let us go over under the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for there is no restraint to the Lord to save by many or by few. And his armor bearer said unto him, Do all that is in thine heart. Turn thee, behold, I am with thee according to thy heart. Then said Jonathan, Behold, we will pass over unto these men. We will discover ourselves unto them. If they say unto us, Tarry until we come to you, then we will stand in our place and we will not go up unto them. But if they say thus, Come up unto us, then we will go up. For the Lord hath delivered them into our hand, and this shall be a sign unto us. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. And I want to concentrate our attention on the part of this passage that simply is the response of the armor bearer to Jonathan, the son of Saul. Do all that is in thine heart. And I want to speak to you today on this subject, all that is in our heart. All that is in our heart. Emphasis on all in. How many all in today? Amen all that is in our heart. Can we give the Lord praise once more and ask his blessing upon the preaching of his word? Lord, I thank you for every soul that is gathered here, those that are watching online. I pray the blessing of the Lord to inhabit this house. Help us, I pray, to draw closer to you. Help your word, O oh Lord, to be a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Help us, I pray, to know you in a greater and deeper way. I pray, O oh God, that you will light a fire in us a fire that could never be extinguished. We thank you, God, and give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And the church said, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. And amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. Fresh off of hearing a very powerful Lesson, if you could call it that, but a, a, a powerful message that simply admonished those of us that were listening that day 
to do for one what we wish we could do for everyone. It was quite a novel concept because we want to change the world, do we not? We, we want to be a blessing to as many people as we possibly can. And the admonishment of this particular message was do for one what, you, what you'd like to do for everyone. Change the world of somebody and you'll end up changing the world one person at a time. And uh, that, that resonated with me. I, I, I felt that and I received that. And then I received a call one day and the call was that there was a man who had been here at the church and he, we had baptized him. He was baptized in Jesus' name. But he was leaving the hospital and uh, he, was, he was leaving the emergency room. He had a sore on his foot that would not heal. His name was Don. And many of you remember Don. Don was suffering from this illness and the sore would not heal. He was diabetic and he just could not get the sore to stop and bleeding and being opened. And it was, it was a terrible wound, but he had to leave because he was being evicted that day. And it was the day before Christmas Eve. And so uh, the call came in that Don needs a ride from the emergency room to court because he's about to be evicted. And when I received the news, I felt the Lord just kind of nudge me, here's your one. And so I, I, I went to the hospital, picked him up at the emergency room, and Don got in my car and he limped in because the foot was so bad he could not, he could not navigate very well, but he had to get to the courthouse. We got to the courthouse and I watched as the judge levied the eviction and, and Don received the news that he was going to be removed from his residence. His mother lived with him and his son lived with him and he was pretty despondent. And again, it was the day before Christmas Eve. We drove him over to his place of residence. We sat down with this landlady and the landlady said to him, Don, I wish there was more I could do, but I just, there's just nothing I can do. You're going to have to leave and you'll have to be out in the next seven days. I took Don to his apartment, dropped him off, came back to the landlady and I said, you know, I, I need to talk with you if I could. I said, I know you, you have a business to run. I understand that and you have, you have responsibilities. And I said, but I'm his pastor and I, I just don't want him to relapse into some of the things that he's come out of. God has delivered him from a lot. And I said, is there, um, is there anything that we can do to help Don? And I said, he, I know he can't afford this place, but do you know of a place maybe that he could afford? And so she gave me a, a, another location, a nice location. And it was something within the, the reasonability of what he could afford. So I took him there and a week later, several men from the church helped Don, loaded him up, packed up his apartment along with his mother's belongings and his son's and got him moved into his new apartment. And Don lived there and was happy there. And his mother and son were happy there. And and then Don, uh, that, that sore on his foot began to get worse. The foot went gangrene. They had to remove his foot. They had to remove his, his bottom portion of his leg. I remember talking with him. I was in the Detroit airport on the phone with him. And I said, I prayed with him the, 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 the week that he was looking 
to do another surgery, to have another surgery where they ended up taking the rest of his leg off. And I prayed with him and we wept together and, and uh, he, he faced it with as much bravery as he could. They put him on medicines. The medicines caused him to gain probably 150 pounds just in a matter of, just in a matter of, of what seemed like weeks, but very short amount of time. And he was now bound to a wheelchair and Don was faithful, as faithful as he could be to the house of God. We'd bring him in a wheelchair and he'd sit there and worship as much as he could. I remember one particular day, we were, we were in the middle of a service and Don was uh, sitting in his wheelchair and the singers were singing the song, I am free to run, I am free to dance, I am free to live for you. And I looked over at Don and he was sitting in that wheelchair with only one leg and a, a tremendous amount of weight gain from the medicines and the sickness that was in his body. And he, he sat in that wheelchair with hands uplifted, singing as loud as he could, I am free to run, I am free to dance. And I felt the Lord just again nudge me and said, go dance for Don. So I went over and I grabbed his hand. I said, Don, let's, we're going to dance before the Lord together. And I, I began to dance before the Lord. And I was, I was trying to praise God the way Don wanted to praise God. And God filled Don with the Holy Ghost sitting in that wheelchair right at that moment. He began to speak beautifully in another language that no one had ever taught him before. Don would leave this, this earth just a short time later within the next year. But before he passed away, he sat in his rehabilitation center. I went to visit him and I walked in one day and he was writing furiously upon a pad of paper. I said, Don, what are you, what are you writing? And he said, man, I got to get this vision out. I said, what vision? He said, I, I've got a vision of something that the Lord could do in people's lives. He said, pastor, when I was when I, was, uh, when I was evicted years ago and alcohol so stripped me of my livelihood and my ability to, to function in society, he said, we lost our home. And he said, my marriage was strong at that time. And he said, when we went homeless, it wasn't just the homelessness that affected us. It was the fact that the system is not designed for families to go into homelessness. He said, I went to a men's shelter. My wife went to a women's shelter. My son went to a children's shelter. And our family broke apart. And he said, I just want so much that people, if they're ever in the position I was in, that they could bind together as a family in a family shelter and recover together and gain strength together serve God together. I, I have a vision for a family homeless shelter. Amen. Brother Duvall watching that man who was so plagued in his body with sickness write furiously, trying, knowing that the clock was ticking, knowing that there was very little time scribbling as fast as he could to get as much down on paper as possible so he could put it in my hands before he left this earth. I'm gonna tell you, it went into my heart. There is so much in my heart. 
to do for the Lord. This building was a part of it. It was a mountain that needed to be moved and we have moved it and are moving it. <laughs> Amen. Don't stop pressing, don't stop pushing because we've, we've just about got it off the path and we want to keep on pressing because God has, this is just the beginning, Brother Enos. This is just the beginning of what God wants us to do in our city. That little story is a microcosm of, uh, and is reflective of so many other visions that the Lord has put into my spirit, into my heart, for this city, the city of Cincinnati, the greater Cincinnati area. And I want you to know that you are here today as partners in what the Lord is doing for this great city. We do have work to do. We have people to reach. And listen, ladies and gentlemen, the government is not going to be able to provide for the needs of the people. God never commissioned the government to do the heavy lifting. He commissioned his people to do the heavy lifting. And government can even be well-intentioned, but it does not have the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Apostle Paul addressed this when he said, look, I could, I could bestow all my goods to feed the poor. I could, I could bestow all of my belongings to feed the poor. But if I do it without love, it profits nothing. And the problem that we have in our society today is we have a lot of money being thrown at societal problems, but money isn't the answer. The love of God is the answer. And you can, you can try whatever you want, and you can start whatever program, and you can pass whatever law, but I've come to tell you that without the agape love of God, it profits nothing. And the people who do know their God, these are the people who are to do the exploits. It is incumbent upon us to stand in the gap. It is incumbent upon us to pray for the sick. It is incumbent upon us to feed the hungry. It is incumbent upon us to go to the prisons. It is incumbent upon us to have programs in place and prayer meetings in place to stop people before they get on the wrong track. And if they do get on the wrong track, to get on that track with them and help them back onto the straight and the narrow pathway got some things in my heart this morning. I've got some things in my heart this morning. If you go down to where this great church started on the corner of Walnut and McMicken, there's this little one-story building, and it's in a row of several three-story buildings. There's just one three-story row building after another, and then it comes to this little one-story building. There's a reason why it's one story. Our church started in that building. Brother Frank Kurtz in 1925, almost 100 years ago, started this church in that building. And they had church on the main level. They had Sunday school on the second level. And on the third level, he and Sister Kurtz lived. And while he was sick, deathly ill, with a terrible, terrible sickness, and it was about to take his life, he was in his room and he was on his deathbed. He was about ready to pass away. But the saints of God gathered around him in that room and they prayed for Brother Kurtz 
And when they prayed for him, they prayed the prayer of faith. And God healed Brother Kurtz of that sickness, raised him up. And the moment that he was healed, the building shook as it did in the book of Acts. The building shook violently. And so violently that they had to condemn the top two stories. And to this day, there's only one story. And I want you to know there really is only one story. You can tell whatever story you want to tell, but there's only one story. And it's the story of God being manifest in human flesh and dying the death of a transgressor when he who was tempted in all points had no sin, but he took our penalty and he was buried in a borrowed tomb and he rose from the grave triumphant and there's healing in his wings today and he's poured out his spirit today. That's the only story that really matters. And it's in my heart to go back down to that little corner and today where there is great violence in that area and today where there is great challenge in that area, today where people are lost and undone and need God, I would love to go and put the, the gospel flag right in the middle of where this whole thing started in Cincinnati and say to God be the glory and the name of Jesus be magnified. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got some stuff in my heart this morning. Oh, hallelujah. I'm preaching to warriors today. There's a reason you have the Holy Ghost. And it's not so you can feel chill bumps every now and then. There's a reason you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And it's not so you can just sit back and take your ease and, and thank God for the blood and that be it. No, no, we, we've, got, we've got work to do. We've got people to reach. We are the city on a hill that cannot be hid. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. We are the people, the chosen generation, the holy nation, the peculiar people. That's what we give to when we gave to Ready Now. That's what we give to when we say that we're all in. We're not just giving money to a building. We're trying to reach this city with the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's the answer for the world today. That's the answer for the world today. We've got the, we've got the solution to poverty. We have the solution to homelessness. We have the solution to violence. We have the solution to sexual perversion. We have the solution to chaos in the streets. We have the solution to wrath and anger and hatred and racism. We have the solution to government corruption. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the name of Jesus Christ. It's the power of the blood. It's in you. That's why the devil has been fighting your mind. That's why the devil has tried to discourage you from living for the Lord. That's why he's tried to tell you to quit and walk away and stop going the direction you're going because he knows you're a force. He knows you're a powerhouse. He knows you've been endued with power from on high. Hallelujah. We fight with superior weapons. 
We don't fight with carnal weapons. We don't fight with the same kind of weaponry that our world fights with. We fight with the superior weapons of spiritual warfare. Hallelujah. And, and we see in this passage of scripture, this man, Jonathan, the Bible says that he and his armor bearer, now you've got to know who that armor bearer is. That armor bearer carries, carries the shield, that large shield. And that armor bearer walks with the warrior. When that warrior goes into battle, that armor bearer goes with the warrior into battle. And that armor bearer is carrying the shield and the weaponry and the arsenal. And when they go into battle, they go in together. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jonathan said to his armor bearer, I just got a feeling that God has given us the victory. I just got a feeling. I know that we look outnumbered, but I can't get away from what I'm feeling right now. I know we've had challenges, and I know there are problems in our world today, but something's getting a hold of me. Something is getting on me right now. He said, I see a garrison of the Philistines and I believe that God has given them into our hand. Hallelujah. Meanwhile, Saul, the king, was sitting under a pomegranate tree, taking his ease, trying to strategize, talk to all of the spiritual advisors about what to do next. But while he was taking his ease, Jonathan was saying, there's victory to be had. And I just wanna, I just wanna say today, we are not like King Saul, sitting under our pomegranate tree, taking our ease. We are Jonathan. We are his armor bearer. We see an opening. We see a victory at hand. We see a victory at hand. Jonathan said, I believe that we could slip through. And the armor bearer said, everything that God has put in your heart, do it, do it. Don't hold back, go for it. Do all that is in your heart. I am with you. Jonathan said, there is no restraint to the Lord. There is no limit to God. He can save by many. He can save by few. Where two or three are gathered, God can bring victory. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha,
There was a sharp rock on this side. There was a sharp rock on that side. They couldn't go this way because the rock was too sharp. They couldn't go that way because the rock was too sharp. Let me tell you that the rock that you thought was preventing your access, that rock was Christ. Who is the Lord? Save our God. And who is a rock? Save the Lord. He is the rock of ages. And there are times that that rock is sharp and he won't let you veer off the path. He won't let you get off the right road. Every time you get a little distracted, you're pricked in your heart. You're pushed back into the right direction. Those rocks kept Jonathan and his armor bearer from going in a different direction. God brought you to this place. God led you here. You are here by assignment of the Holy Ghost. You are here by assignment of the Holy Ghost. Every time you tried to veer off the path, the rock would intrude. The rock would hit you again. You kept running into the rock. You thought it was the opposition of the enemy. It wasn't the opposition of the enemy. It was the direction of the rock of ages. I see him. I see it. I see the victory. I see an opening. I see an opportunity. I see an opportunity to step into a dimension of the miraculous that the whole world is hungry for, that the whole world desires. Jonathan said, if they call to us to come up unto them, we must go. If they tell us to tarry, then we will stay here. But if they come up, if they say come up, that is our sign. The Lord has given us the victory. And I'm going to tell you, oh, I feel your presence, Lord. I'm going to tell you that every person that comes to us and says, come and help me, we can go knowing that God has given us the victory. It's their choice. It's their decision. If they want help, we're there. If they say, come unto us, we've got what they're looking for. We are not afraid. We're not afraid of the enemy. We're not afraid of the adversary. We're not afraid of the principalities and powers of this world. God has given us the victory. Jesus found a man that we call the demoniac, filled with legions of devils. The world's solution was tie him up, tie him up, imprison him, put him away. Just tie him up and shut him up and shut him down, throw money at him. But when Jesus 
came up under the scene. And that was the only reason Jesus went to that Gadarean shore was to meet that man. He turned around and went back when he got done. He walked up onto those shores and found that man that was filled with legions of devils. And there are legions of devils that have filled the people of our world. But Jesus has power over every unclean spirit. And he has given that power to his church. That man filled with legions of devils. The Bible says that when Jesus arrived, he ran to him and he worshiped him. I'm gonna tell you the devils couldn't stop his worship. Those devils were trying to keep him from worshiping Jesus, but the devil can't prevent the worship of a hungry heart, not when Jesus is in the atmosphere. And I've got to tell you, we bring Jesus to this city. We bring Jesus to this city. We don't bring our personality. We don't bring our connections. We don't bring the might of our human capability. We bring Jesus. We preach Jesus. We exalt Jesus. We example Jesus. The government can try to throw another regulation. They can try to pass another law. They can try to invent another program. They can try to throw more money at the problem, but none of it will work because Jesus is the answer. You can kick him out of schools and the schools will start failing because Jesus is the answer. You can kick him out of government and government will turn into chaos because Jesus is the answer. When Jesus got done with that man, he was clothed and in his right mind, sitting at the feet of Jesus. That's us and our society. We need to stop complaining, pointing fingers, fighting on Facebook. We need to stop engaging in the carnal weaponry of our world and we need to step into the shoreline of Gadaree and say, Jesus is in the house. Jesus is in this place. He did a work on me and now I'm gonna bring what he did. He said, greater works than these shall you do. Greater works than these shall you do. He has put some things in our heart and he is going to fulfill all of it. He's going to fulfill all of it. Brother Lord, there's coming a day, there's coming a day when we're going to have a greenhouse. A greenhouse where we grow people. No matter the environment, it's a greenhouse sheltered from the elements of our world. Let the lightning flash. 
let the thunder roll. We've got a greenhouse. I said, we've got a greenhouse. We're controlling the environment. It's the environment of the Holy Ghost. There's praise in this environment. There's faith in this environment. There are nutrients of love and hope and joy in this greenhouse. And plants will grow while the snow is falling. People will grow while World War III is breaking out. We've got a greenhouse. It doesn't matter what happens in our world. He said upon this rock, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. They're going to walk in these doors and the doors of other campuses. This isn't the only campus. I'm gonna say that again. This isn't the only campus. They're gonna open up across the city in Jesus' name. And we're gonna reach the west side and the east side and the north side and the south side and right in the middle. And we're. And they're gonna walk in these doors. And when they walk in these doors, they're gonna have a lot of problems. And they're gonna bring their chains with them. And they're gonna bring their issues with them. And they're gonna bring their problems with them. And we're not gonna be intimidated. And we're not gonna be discouraged. And we're not gonna be afraid and we're not gonna be at a loss because we have received power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon us. I hear the sound of an armor bearer saying do all that is in thine heart. I hear the sound of an armor bearer. Do you know what that shield is, Brother Emmett? That shield is the shield of faith. That's what the armor bearer carries. He carries the shield of faith. Wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Every fiery dart of the wicked that comes our way, the armor bearers are going to lift up the shield of faith. Jonathan said, I know how to fight. But if you'll come with me, it's a fail-proof strategy. Tree of Life Church, let me tell you something. There is nothing that can stop us when we go together. I know you know. I know you know what the enemy was trying to do to the churches across our world during COVID-19. He was trying to scatter them. He was trying to disrupt them and get them to, to have a lot of infighting. We don't fall for that bait anymore. We don't fall for those snares anymore. That's old news. We've healed up. We've restored. We've forgiven. We link arms and we march because we've got a job to do and we've got a battle to win. I'm going. We're going. We're going to do what God has called us to do. All that is in our hearts. We're in the prisons, Lebanon, northern Kentucky. We're in the juvenile detention centers. 
Yes, we are. Today we have another meeting with the Life Forward team, the Life team, because we're developing a pantry. And in this pantry, we're going to provide the needs of mothers who are trying to decide whether they can keep their babies. We're stepping into the gap saying, keep them, keep them, love them and keep them. And let's raise them. Let's, we're here to help you. Anything we can do, we're here to help you with the tough stuff. We're here to help you with the day to day. We're here to help you where the devil is saying you can't make it. We're telling you, you've got a prophet and a prophetess in that womb. Come on. Come on. Let's do it. The world says it's impossible. I say, let's go. Let's do all that is in our heart. Somebody lift your hands with me right now all across this building. Glory, 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 glory. Come on, I need some believers. I need some believers. Look at the believers in this house. That's what you are, you're believers. You're believers. This, this was given by believers. This is believers. This is what believers do. I feel like there, I feel like, I don't even know what to do right now, but this is what I'm gonna do. I feel in the Holy Ghost. I want somebody right now that knows there's an anointing of God upon you. I want you to run to this altar and I want you to let the anointing of the Holy Ghost fall on you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet in the name of Jesus. He's going to give you wisdom. He's going to give, he's going to heal your offenses. He's going to break the bands of bitterness off of you. Come on, that's it. God's going to use you. <laughs> the drug addicts are going to be delivered. Alcoholics are going to be delivered. The broken marriages are going to be healed. The wounded hearts are going to be healed. Those bound by perversion are going to be delivered. In Jesus' name, the lost are going to be found. <laughs> starts to break 
Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my family, I speak the holy name, Jesus. Shout Jesus from the mountains, Jesus in the streets, Jesus in the darkness over every enemy. Jesus for my Silence me, Jesus. 